0: Welcome to the Becoming Legendary podcast, a podcast that this week is going to be something different than I thought it was going to be. I am working on a long-form solo podcast about a very sensitive topic, and while I tried to put that together tonight, my brain just wasn't up for the task. So I am going to cheat a little bit this episode and use you guys to help me make this thing happen. This is going to be a questions, questions, questions episode. And a lot of these questions have been just addressed to me. So it works out that uh, this is a solo question cast, but we're just going to run through a few of these, get hopefully some good discussion going on. And uh, get a longer form version of a very sensitive topic put together for you guys coming up soon. So I'm going to start in on the first question. Came in from Kyle, and it says, "Guys, what what's your favorite childhood book?" And a second question follow up: What's a great book you've read recently? So funny enough, one of my very favorite childhood books is also a book that I have read very recently. And that is a book called the book of lost things. So the book of lost things is a incredible, incredible book about story and how the stories that we are exposed to impact our lives. And it has a super special place in my heart because as a young adult, I read the Harry Potter series and I loved it. I fell in love with the Harry Potter series. And after the Harry Potter series was over, or as the Harry Potter series was coming to an end, I would ration out the amount of pages that I would allow myself to read to try to lengthen the duration of how much time I could spend with that book or that series of books, but especially that last book. And um, after Harry Potter, I couldn't find anything I could get into. Every book I started, I just, it didn't hold up to the standards of Harry Potter. And then I found the book of lost things. And as a young adult, it blew me away because it pulled me out of my Harry Potter depression. As an older adult rereading it recently, I was blown away by the brilliance of the book. It is one of the most well-written books I have ever worked through. It is one of, you know, all kind of young adult books have kind of a couple layers of of story, right? They have a layer of a story that can be perceived from someone with a little bit more wisdom, a little bit more time on the earth, and they have a layer of story that can kind of be perceived by a younger audience. This book has layers and layers. I have reread it at least three times now. And every single time through has been an unfolding of brilliance that I just can't imagine is possible on this planet, but wow, that book is stunning. So yeah, that is my that I'm going to say that is my favorite childhood book because of the importance that it has. And I know that wasn't exactly childhood, but as a young kid, I didn't read. I didn't do anything. I've told that story on here, I think too many times, but failing out of life. So um, yeah, as a young adult, after I'd kind of realized that I did have a very, very highly functioning brain, I should use it. I started to read a lot. So book of lost things, favorite childhood and book I've read recently. All right, next question comes in from Mark. And this question says, Patrick, what do you think about Joe Rogan? (laughs) And uh, that's a pretty funny question. Um, So I put some social media posts out about how disappointed I am that the CEO of Spotify, Daniel Ek, I think, made statements um, basically saying that While he is embarrassed to be associated with Joe Rogan, uh, he has financial goals that can only be reached by bridging partnerships with people that he may not be proud to be associated with. And I think that is a horrific answer. Um, And I think that is a horrific answer. And I know this isn't exactly diving into the question yet, but I'll get there. I think that is a horrific answer because it is saying what should be the quiet parts out loud, right? It is somewhat, it is someone a CEO of a company saying to you, hey, I am willing to bend my morals to make money. I am telling you out loud and in public that because I have bold financial ambitions, I will throw my morals out the window to make that a reality. And I would say if someone's willing to say that publicly, the things that they're probably saying privately are likely pretty horrific. So that hasn't answered the question at all. What do I think about Joe Rogan? I think he's a bad guy. Um, You know, so this whole thing about people coming out and trying to get him quote unquote canceled for being a racist in a lot of ways. um, Many of the things he's saying are true, right? Like, some of the of the old footage that was used against him was taken out of context and also it's horrifically offensive um so yeah if you want to use the argument that it was taken out of context i don't know that's fine i would say maybe progress maybe say you've changed maybe say you're a you. You have evolved as a as a being and recognized that maybe what you used to do wasn't rad. But if you want to say it was taken out of context, there's some really really horrific stuff there. But that's not the reason I think he's bad, or I think he's a bad guy. I think he's a bad guy because um, for all the complaining he does about cancel culture, uh, there is a rumored production company called Bent Pixels. Mm. And Bent Pixels uh, is rumored (laughs) to be Joe Rogan, a Joe Rogan production company that just so happens to only get involved in problems that are related to the Joe Rogan universe and censor smaller creators from talking negatively about Joe Rogan. My very favorite example of this is. when a friend of Joe Rogan's, Brandon Shab, shout out to you homeless cats out there. When a friend of Joe Rogan, Brandon Shab, accidentally let it slip on his podcast that Joe Rogan cheats on his wife. And I imagine this caused quite a bit of discomfort in the Rogan household. And funny enough, any content creators who started posting about this specific clip on YouTube received copyright strikes from a company called Bent Pixels. And there are a lot of people out there trying to talk about this, but they are receiving these fictitious copyright strikes from a company called Bent Pixels. So if you're going to go out and you're going to complain about people wanting to cancel you because you've said a bunch of horrific things and you're going to cancel smaller creators because you've done some horrific things, I think you're a bad guy. So what do I think about Joe Rogan? I think he's a bad guy. I think he's also not a very smart guy, but I'll let him slide on that. I'm not a very smart guy either. All right, this next question comes in from uh, Lisa, I believe. Maybe Lisa. I think it's Lisa. Um, Patrick, this is guys, but I'll read it as Patrick. Are you a lion or a sheep? <laughs> this is one of the most offensive questions that I think uh, can be asked. No offense to you, Lisa. Um, it's offensive. It's particularly offensive to me because of my affinity to lions. And I am a sheep because I have been vaccinated, as you know. Why I find the analogy to be uh, particularly offensive. Again, like I said, I have my affinity to lions. But I also realized uh, in in talking to vaccine-hesitant folks While they are portraying this huge thing about how they don't have fear and how how the people who are getting vaccinated are the scared ones, they're terrified of a vaccine. And most of them don't realize that they're scared of a vaccine. And they'll justify that they're not scared of a vaccine. But they're scared of a vaccine. So I wasn't particularly worried about covid I wasn't particularly worried about the vaccine. I've gotten COVID and I've gotten the vaccine. So um I know the I know both experiences. And um I I, like I've mentioned on my COVID podcast, I got the vaccine because I thought it was the right thing to do for my community. And I think everyone should get the vaccine because it is the right thing to do for your community. But Telling people that they are scared of a virus, whether they're scared of it or not, is one, an assumption, especially when the only reason you wouldn't get a vaccine is because you are literally scared of it. So I am a sheep. But we all know who the lion is. There's so much uh, lion energy within me and lion history in my meditations that I really do find that analogy very offensive. And it it does strike a chord with me that uh, isn't maybe necessarily fair because of that, but that's a button for me, for sure. That's a button for me. Next email question comes in from David. If you had to live in a different state, what state would it be? Uh, What is the state with the least amount of population? It is probably Maine. My guess is Maine. That sounds cold though. The other one's probably Wyoming and that sounds also cold. I'll take Maine. If I had to live in a different state, I think Maine would work out pretty good for me. I'll acclimate to winter. And that's it. Quiet room, beautiful nature. Give me Maine. Next question comes in from Paul. What do you think is the greatest invention of all time? Jeez, wow! That I'm not, Paul. That's a good question. It's probably the wheel, right? I feel like the wheel was such an important invention that allowed for so much to happen so much quicker than it possibly could have. Let me think about that a bit more. Maybe fire. Fire, also a pretty good invention. (laughs) And iPhones, of course. I mean, what would we do without iPhones? How would we live without blue messages? Man, that's a great question. I'm going to say the wheel or fire, maybe a flaming wheel, because I don't know. The greatest invention of all time definitely has to be something in that ilk, though, right? Got to be one of those early inventions that allowed for the compounding reality that exists that allows us to have a MacBook, that allows us to have a podcast. That was a good question. Okay, Kaylee, what is the hardest thing in your life right now? Man, you guys are coming with the heat tonight. The hardest thing in my life right now is, man, it is not feeling understood. I think that is definitely the hardest thing that I am experiencing in my life is that the Venn diagram of shared experience between me and a lot of people on the planet doesn't have as much overlap as it maybe ideally would, and that lack of overlap, that missing space of overlap. I know nobody wants to hear about the uniqueness and the specialness of me. I'm not saying I'm unique or special. I'm saying that I don't have a lot of overlap. A <laughs> Venn diagram with not a lot of overlap. Um, but it really has. This has been an interesting, an interesting year where I have felt felt that a lot of the people closest to me have struggled to understand me. And that's the first time in my life that I've felt that way. And that has been a challenge. And I imagine that that's a challenge that is not that unique to me. I imagine most people don't necessarily feel remarkably understood. So, yeah. Not feeling understood. Hardest thing in my life right now. Probably the hardest thing in a few of your lives too. And if that's true, keep doing your thing. Keep being rad. (sighs) Next question comes in from John. I like this. I like this. Probably the opposite of the last one. John says, Patrick, what is the best thing happening on the planet right now? Gosh. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> uh i love that i love the listeners of this show because this is a this is another just hard challenging question that is really making me think and i did this questions 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 episode so that my brain could have a break and i'm not feeling that what is the best thing happening on the planet right now dang I think it is a there is a level of awareness about human experience and animal experience and life experience life right there's a level of awareness around life that is probably the highest it's ever been and while there While everyone may not have the same ideas about what life is and what's valuable and what's not valuable in in life and on our planet, I think that there, there is a reality that is sometimes hard to appreciate, that the level of awareness has probably never been higher for the appreciation of the life experiences that we are having. Gosh, I hope I I hope I hope believe that. <laughs> I think I believe that. But that seems like something that I'm going to need to spend about a month thinking about and then maybe get back to you. Maybe I'll get back to you on that, John. Maybe what is the best thing happening on this planet? That's going to be my initial jump out of the gate response. And then I'm going to try to remember to circle back on that after I've really allowed that to sink in. All right, so the next question comes in from Carly and it says, Patrick, what? Patrick and Joel. Sorry, Carly, you're only gonna get this answer from me. What are you working on in your life right now? Just We're just murderers row this evening. The thing I'm working on in my life right now the most is big energy. And what I mean by that is there are experiences in my life. So um, some of you know this, some of you may not know this, but I am remarkably introverted. Um, Being in loud, packed spaces with lots of people uh, especially if I don't know them, but not even necessarily if I uh, i don't need to not know them for this to be true. Just being in spaces with lots of people, and especially when there's multiple conversations going on is uh, really draining of my energy levels. And um, it is something that I am very, very protective of. And when I go into those spaces, I feel an energetic shrinking of, of my, my presence. And I shrink that energetic space to protect it, to hoard it, to not share it, to not distribute it. And so that I, when I do leave that space, I have something left for myself, right? It is a very selfish perspective. So I am working on big energy. Big energy in times when I feel like shrinking. In times when I want to go into myself and when I want to be protective and when I want to be shelled up. I want to open the energy spigot and let it kind of fill the room and see what happens. It's a much easier thing to say then it is a thing to do. You know, like I can, I can kind of think it through of like, yeah, just just be big energy. Just go into a room and fill it and maximize the space and, and be. But man, I get around people and it's like, just balling up. So that is a primary focus of my life in particular this week that I hope I'm up for the challenge for, but I I may not be. It is a task that is, is monumental within my own experience. And for some people I know, some people are listening to this and they're like, man, going into a room that you know people or you don't know people is a piece of cake. Who cares? I get that experience. I wish I had that experience. I'd like to have that experience. but That's not the experience I have right now. All right. Moving on, question comes in from Sarah. And it says, Patrick, are you married? I never have heard anything about your wife. And if you're not, why do you wear a wedding ring? Really good question. So no, I'm not married and I don't wear a wedding ring. Although I do wear a ring that looks an awful lot like a wedding ring on my wedding finger. And um, the reason that I do that, I used to wear a ring very similar to this on my right hand. Now I have a Saguru Danilinga, uh ring on my right ring finger. But I used to wear a wedding-esque ring on my right hand. And the reality is rings on your right hand um, get in the way a lot more. A ring on on any finger other than the ring finger gets in the way all the time. I can tell you that. I've tried that out. And it just turns out that wearing a ring on my left finger, um, on my left ring finger is the easiest place to store a ring. And my ring is a biometric ring. So if you're watching on YouTube, maybe I'll give you a little insight to a little computer board in there. Uh, It's an aura ring and it measures a whole host of biometric data. Uh, Most prominently for me is it is a research-grade sleep analysis. And sleep is a very important thing in my life because of my constant managing of my energy levels. So I wear this on my wedding finger because I'm pretty non-traditional. And, um, and it provides me with data that I deem more valuable than not wearing a ring. Simple answer. All right, last question. And again, thank you. This was a treat to get to go through these. And this is a question from Thomas. It says, guys, we all have things in our past that we regret. If you could go back and change one thing about your life, what would it be? Dang, with the questions tonight. So this is a question um, that I have spent some, I've spent some previous time thinking about this question. This is a question that's been in my head before. Uh, There used to be things that I would dream didn't happen, right? Wish didn't happen in my life. But the reality of now is that there is nothing that has happened in my life that I would wish out of my life. And that includes all of the horrific things that have happened in my life because I know how important the experiences that came from every single horrific thing that's happened in my life have become to my life now. And so the things that I look back on, I think this is actually a a pretty good question, right? Is like, And you may answer this question differently, but when I ask myself this question and I have asked myself this question, the answer a hundred percent of the time is the same. So I ask myself the question of like, you know, if I could just erase completely a memory of some horrific thing in my life, would I? And I always answer no because the emotional attachment to the experience is so profound that i know it's a huge part of me there are challenging moments that have happened in all of our lives and i think that those moments create massive amounts of energy and that energy becomes part of us and it makes us who we will be in the future and who we are in the moment and we would be completely different people if those events didn't happen so there is not one thing about my life that i would change if i could and thankfully i can't because In historical moments in the past, in times of weakness, if I had that opportunity, I would have. And I would be a person that I would be less proud of today, if that were the case. Thank you guys for these questions, for these questions, man. These were incredible. Thank you for being you. Thanks for listening to Becoming Legendary Podcast.